If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that didn't take long at all. Here we are, day number what, two? Gee whiz, oh my goodness, buckle up for this, folks. Day number two of the Biden administration. Do as I say, not as I do. Typical leftist leadership style. We'll talk about that. This morning, boy, I tell you, if there wasn't so much at stake, I would just say this is such a moment to teach and illustrate. It is abundantly clear. It is abundantly clear um, just how quickly things are, things shift uh, for the media, for just the narrative in general, the hypocrisy and so forth that is allowed to exist teachable moments. It's terrifying in the sense that these folks have the, um, well, they have the power now to implement some things in our lives that could be very, uh, well, not very good in many cases. So we'll talk about that this morning. Welcome, by the, by the way, to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, your questions, your opinions. Yes, I even accept adoration and praise here at the show, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can always watch the program live or on demand uh, on our on our website and social media channels as well, ToddHuffShow.com. All right, so what am I talking about here this morning, if you didn't hear this? And, uh, vice, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, president, former vice president, current president-elect. I know many of you still have... Issues with that. I understand where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, But he is is president. Um, But he's out there already, you know, signing executive orders and um, already leading as a radical leftist often does. As a leftist often does, which is do as I say. Not as I do. You may have realized or known that on day number one, day number one, which was a couple of days ago, I guess you could say day number half because his presidency started, um, what, at noon on the 20th. So he signed some executive orders. One of these executive orders said that you had to wear a mask at monuments and uh, I think airports and different things. Federal, basically federal property. You have to wear you have to wear a mask, which, again, I don't want to get into the whole thing. I'm not um, – I've never once said not to wear a mask. I've raised questions about 
what the the research actually shows. Um, but if you want to wear a mask, great. I think if you know, well, I don't want to get into that particular element right now. I just want to say that this this executive order was signed. In fact, here's um, his press secretary, Jin Saki, telling us that he's done that on the evening of Wednesday this past week, January 20th. To combat the deadly virus, the president launched his 100-day masking challenge, asking Americans to do their part and mask up for 100 days. He's doing his part as well, issuing a mask mandate that will require anyone visiting a federal building or federal land or using certain modes of public transportation to wear a mask. Okay, so there you have it, 100 days. Now, I don't know what the science says about 100 days. In fact, I'm still wondering when the end of uh, the 15 days to flatten the curve is. The, f- the 15 days to flatten the curve. Remember, that's what we were told at first. 15 days to flatten the curve. That was the point of all this. Now it's apparently, um, I mean, I don't know. There's not a single case. I don't know what the, the objective here um, is, except for wearing a mask for 100, 100 days. And again, I want to say, look, this talking about COVID is a, um, you know, I'll, I'll say some things about the way that this is approached by the left and the leadership and the media and the hysteria that they've stirred up. It's it's a real thing, and it's very deadly for some people, very dangerous for some people, some people who have preexisting conditions, some people who are of certain age group, um, and sometimes people who we don't know why randomly seems to um, sometimes very healthy younger people uh, but it's, it's very rare for that to be the case very uncommon so I'm not I'm not making light of this I'm simply saying um, this is just the way I'm, I'm laying the groundwork here for what he's he does after this which is do as I say not as not as I do so a leftist and this is the way the left thinks about everything they need you riding your bicycle to work or using a electric car or a some sort of a uh, fuel efficient vehicle that they've mandated they want you paying four to five gallons uh, four to five dollars a gallon for gasoline and uh, but they want to jet around the world in their gulf streams right they want to do that that's okay to them because they my friends are better than the rest of us see they know this is how they think this is of course completely ridiculous but they have to be able to have these uh, the, the this technology this uh, in this particular example the uh, the private aircraft to get to where they're going so they can spread the message of how bad the rest of us are how the rest of us are destroying the planet we need to live in huts and um, you know heat our homes with I guess just a fire in the middle of the hut while the rest of them can have the leadership of the radical left or the political class can have multiple houses and mansions, right? This is the way that it works. The rest of you putzes, the rest of us putzes out there, <clears throat> we can't, we cannot um, do the things that they do because they are better than us. They, they have to be able to have some leniency. The rules don't apply particularly to them, right? So here's this mask mandate. Here's this mask mandate that's being uh, issued on, signed in the executive order, 
100 day challenge, masking challenge. I can hear some of you this morning saying, I'm going to fail the masking challenge. 100 day masking challenge, asking Americans to do their part and mask up for 100 days. I don't know. I haven't counted out the days. Maybe I'll have Oz do that. Oz, maybe you can count out the days and we'll circle it on the calendar when we can, the mask up challenge ends and we don't have to wear masks anymore. Because you know this, I mean, I, I mean, I have two thoughts on this. One, either everything's going to be fine politically. In fact, this is the way this is being reported. This is good news for Biden when the numbers go down. Who cares if it's good news for Biden? Who cares if it's good news for Trump? How about the American people? How about freedom? How about open businesses and that sort of thing? How about that for good news? But that's how it's often reported, especially on places like CNN. I heard a clip yesterday on on Rush where they said that very thing. I think it was John King. But anyway, um, 100 days, I guess we can take off the mask and everything be fine. So it's either going to continue so that they can continue to do what they love best, tell the rest of us how to live our lives as they have a free pass, to go to hair salons like Nancy Pelosi. I mean, you've seen this. Go to have, to have dinner parties like like Gavin uh, Newsom while you're not allowed in California to eat in a public restaurant. Um, and, it, and it goes to other – I mean the, the Republican Party as well. I've, I've said here on the program what Governor Holcomb did. We couldn't go to the parks, but Governor Holcomb could go down to the uh, – what his – the governor's residence in Brown County or whatever the case may be. It's good for everybody. He, he picked up a pizza or whatever, some food at the restaurant without wearing a mask and you know, took a selfie with a couple of people that were way closer than six feet. I mean, but it's okay because they are now it's not as okay for him because he's a Republican in the eyes of the media. But the, the, the bigger problem here is we've got a political class that tells us, how to live our lives, and they don't need to follow the same rules because they're smarter and better than the rest of us. So last night, last night, um, President Obama, President Obama went, excuse me, Biden, gee, many, oh, you got to stop me from doing that. President Biden, see, I'm confused, oh, Biden-Bama administration. Um, the President Biden goes to the Lincoln Memorial, which just in case anyone needs to know this, anyone in the Biden administration listening this morning, anyone who is a uh, leftist that is, you know, happy with the state, meaning the federal government, the ultimate, the ultimate state, telling everybody um, all these little details on how to, to live their lives and wear a mask here and all that. Biden didn't wear one. He's in pictures, not wearing a mask at a federal monument in Washington D.C., the Lincoln, the Lincoln Memorial. Um, do as I say, not as I do. It also has pictures. His his grandchildren are getting pictures um, at the Lincoln Memorial. I think I see one of the. I don't know if that's like. The granddaughters don't have masks. I see five right here. Five of them not masked up. I guess they're not doing their part. I guess they're trying to kill each other. I don't know what we're supposed to interpret from that. But this is this is the leadership style of the left, right? This is the way and I, I don't want to just of the political class. How about that? The political class, I think, of both parties are cool, are down with the idea of telling you 
what you have to do, every little minutia of your life, and they don't have to follow it. They can do what they want. This, to me, symbolically, here we are in just day number two or whatever it is, this symbolically demonstrates exactly that point. This symbolically demonstrates exactly that point. We also have the Obama, daggone it, I got to practice this, the Biden administration, the Biden administration doing um, their level best to tell us that they can't find President Trump's plan for combating coronavirus. They can't find it. They've dug around in there. They can't find it. They don't know where it is. They've come to the conclusion he didn't have a plan, and so they have to start from scratch, folks. So they've, they've walked into the, to the White House. They've looked for the COVID plan, the binder, maybe a file on the computer somewhere. They can't find it. They've searched. They've typed in keywords. Um, they've you know, asked around staff that might have transitioned over, maybe uh, someone – Someone um, in the custodial staff, maybe they would have said, have you seen a binder that says COVID plan on it? We need to find this thing because we can't find it. So now we're being told, we're being told that Biden has to start all over completely from, from step number zero, even as it pertains to the vaccine. Now, I know there's conflicting opinions on the vaccine, even amongst you. Some of you say, no way, I'm not getting this thing. Others of you say, hey. I'll be happy to get this vaccine, and um, you know, hopefully, we can move towards putting this in the rearview mirror, so to speak, of of our nation's history. And, and there's people in between that, right? So there's people all over the place with that. So I don't want to get into that. I simply want to get into this point. I simply want to get into this point. If there's no plan for a virus uh, on how to combat the virus, how in the world do we have a vaccine? What was Operation Warp Speed? Right? I mean. It's a remarkable, again, notwithstanding the questions you have about the vaccine, some of you, just the idea that the federal government found out what this disease was about this roughly this time last year. And by this point in time, we're distributing the vaccine, um, starting with people who are what, frontline healthcare workers, um, people who are in the most uh, vulnerable age groups and so forth and now it's it's being it's really being given out at this particular point in time you can get the vaccine in many in many places uh ironically you can get it in places like florida in fact i saw a story where people are going to florida traveling to florida to get the vaccine and it's hard in in places like new york surprisingly with cuomo at the helm but anyway, we're told that, that Trump doesn't have a plan. Well, how do we have a virus? What was Operation Warp Speed? Of course, they've completely wiped that clean. So whatever happens here um, with the rollout of the, of the vaccine, it's going to ultimately, and the media will play along with this, they're going to give this credit to President Joe Biden and his team uh, as President Biden's go, going maskless um, at federal monuments. So whatever. I just wanted to share this. This is how they look at us, though. Those rules are for putzes in their minds. Those rules are for the, the general public, the working class. It's not for the elite. Just like, as I said earlier, 
um, riding the bicycle to work and using electric cars and all these things, uh, you know, setting your thermostat in the winter to 58 degrees in your home or whatever they tell you to do. Those things are for, you know, schmucks. That's not for them. They've got multiple homes to heat. They've got private jets to go around the world on. They've got to tell the rest of us how to live our lives as they do whatever they want, even, even flying directly in the face of what they are telling the rest of us to do. So quick timeout is in order. When we get back, I have a conversation. This is uh, a little shift here in, in uh, the, the show today. We have our monthly report, if you will, from Matt Lamb, the, exec, uh, the uh, assistant editor of The College Fix. We talk about what's going on on college campuses and that sort of thing. We'll get to that after this quick timeout. You're listening to Conservative, not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. This is the College Fix interview series brought to you by Apprentice University. If you're tired of your teen's Christian conservative values being persecuted, visit us at Apprentice University in Brownsburg, where students gain real-life experience and confidence through unique learning and networking opportunities. politics we've been talking about this uh on the program here for some time and there's a lot of reasons we've been talking about that and now that the democrats have the white house they have the house they have the senate with kamala harris being the tie-breaking vote um payback politics are in order and so i have one of our guests who uh, comes on this program regularly matt lamb assistant editor of the college fix and i just wanted to talk about some of this uh, sort of thing that he's seeing and some of the stories he is reporting on matt it's good to have you how are you sir good good thanks for having me back so payback politics it's a real thing and there's a couple of articles that, of yours um, that come from the college fix here that i want to to talk about the first is one that we've touched on briefly on the program which is um john eastman and what happened with him at chapman university Maybe for our readers that don't know the full story, maybe explain what happened here and, and, and kind of paint that picture. Sure. So uh, John Eastman is a recently uh, retired or forced out, however you want to view it, um, professor at Chapman University. He's a professor of constitutional law. He is conservative. He's um, uh, filed amicus briefs to the Supreme Court, and basically um, his faculty members at the school, actually only one other law school faculty member signed this letter, at least last time I checked, um, wanted the university to punish him, um, I believe it was actually to get rid of him, uh, because he had um, supported President Trump's legal team in their various um, voter integrity efforts, um, challenging different um, states the way they had changed their laws. Um, and he, he was essentially he was essentially forced out uh, for his, you know, he's a lawyer and he was doing legal work and political advocacy. He also spoke at January 6th at um, the the rally in D.C. 
um, alongside um, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Hmm. And so the consequence of that, of course, is if you're on the wrong side of this issue politically, you need to be uh, paid back. You need to be dealt with. We've got senators who are calling for uh, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz to uh, no longer hold Senate seats. I mean, this this goes Facebook blocking people, Twitter blocking people, and so forth. So um, the other one, the other story here that I want to sink maybe our teeth into a little bit more because our readers haven't um, – I haven't talked about this. In fact, I think it just was published today. Um, Democratic senator wants IRS to investigate conservative student group for holding large event. Tell us what's going on with this, Matt. Sure. So uh, Turning Point USA, which just as a matter of disclosure, I worked for for a few years out of college, um, they they held a student um, activist conference in Palm Beach County, Florida, um, and uh, reporters, journalists, using the term loosely, um, you know, kept saying, oh, this is going to be a super spreader event. All these people are going to get coronavirus. Um, and it's now almost a month later, actually, because it's December 19th to 22nd, so about actually a month ago. Um, and there still has been no evidence of that. It doesn't mean no one got coronavirus, but it just hasn't, there, that hasn't come out yet. Um, and so the Senator Whitehouse, um, who, of course, always, if you watch the Supreme Court nominee hearing, is always talking about dark money and politics, dark money and politics, um, sent a letter to the IRS commissioner asking the IRS to investigate Turning Point for its event. They also held a uh, fundraiser at that same time um, at President Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago Club. Um, and so he, he wants their... their uh, Nonprofit status revoked. What's kind of interesting is that he never actually provided any proof that there it was a super spreader event, and he kept talking about how children were put in harm's way. Um, but this is a student activist summit for high school and college students. So I don't really know what what children he's talking about that were put in way they were put in harm's way. Um, of course, the letter also doesn't provide any sort of evidence or citation for for that claim. But now they're just doing it out in the open, the targeting of conservative groups where. Under President Obama, they kind of did it quietly through um, a rogue Cincinnati office. I think it said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're emboldened. You know, they've they've I think been emboldened by by what they've seen, uh, what they can get away with, and um, people are paying the, the the price all over the place. It remind, I mean, what you said there, um, the the verbiage that these folks use too. And maybe speak a little to this because I, I wouldn't mind getting your input on this. But you know, th- there's certain keywords and phrases. I I was um, I spent a semester at American University in Washington D.C. and I uh, interned um, not on the Hill but at a nonprofit organization at the time. They're called the Christian Defense Fund. So you know, we studied and we went to the hearings and so forth. But it never ceased to amaze me. You know, you whatever was in a piece of legislation. Um, if you named it the right thing, right? If you if you came up with a term like the saving all the children on the earth bill, you had to vote for that because we live in a headline society, a soundbite society. So, I guess how much of that is is in play with with what you see with with uh, Turning Point USA, or maybe what you've seen other groups on campuses having to deal with just people throwing out these terms that sometimes stick to them, even sure. if they don't apply whatsoever. Maybe maybe talk a little bit about that, Matt. 
Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll use terms like dangerous, and then they put the public good at risk. Public good is a is a is a common term leftists use or, or liberals use. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's certainly they, they use sort of this language of like, well, they put people at risk. People could have gotten coronavirus. Well, all these people voluntarily chose to go there. Um, they are generally in a lower risk category. Um, not only the survival rate for coronavirus, 99.5% for the entire population, including, you know, 85-year-olds with heart disease, um, but it's even much higher if you're a 20-year-old, a 22-year-old um, going to a conference. Um, and, of course, they followed according to, you know, I mean, Palm Beach County has public health rules. Um, the convention center has to follow those rules. I assume the convention center wouldn't do anything to put itself um, in the way of a, a lawsuit. Um, but yeah, this this is common. And uh, you know, we actually saw this. Uh, I have to do some more digging into this. But Ron White, Senator Ron Wyden, um, who calls himself a civil libertarian, but when I tell you what he did, kind of goes against this. He called for an investigation into conservative groups like Turning Point who may have been involved with what happened on January 6th. And so they'll lump everyone who maybe sent a couple busfuls of students to go hear the president talk, to go hear um, some other people talk in with, you know, the people who are causing violence at the Capitol building, the Capitol two miles away. Um, even though we now know that a lot of those people were members of Antifa, were leftist agitators, or were just, you know, people who like to cause trouble. And that actually gets into – I wasn't planning on talking about this one, but you have a piece written by, I believe, a student here from Liberty University um, mm-hmm. recently talking about the media, media coverage at the D.C. event uh, wasn't accurate as far as the full picture is concerned. Maybe uh, these things all bleed in together because we're talking about messaging and communication and truth. So maybe shed some light on that, uh, at least from this student's perspective uh, for us. Sure, absolutely. Um, so uh, one of my student reporters, Asher, um, he went to the rally. Um, he, you know, he, and he, he went and he reported on what he saw, um, which was that generally it was just a, you know, it was your average political rally in D.C. There were speakers, there were people with flags, people with different signs. Um, and then most people, they just, they went home. They got back on their bus and they, they went home. Um, and when all this stuff started breaking, I remember, you know, tweeting something to the effect of there's kind of a cycle. And step four of the cycle is then truth starts to come out. And I even saw a video yesterday of the, the shaman guy with the, mm-hmm. the bullhorn head or whatever it is in the paint, where he actually just kind of walks in with like a, a police officer behind him. And he goes up to the, the speaker's dais or wherever you call it. Mm-hmm. And the police officer's like, all right, hey, man, don't do that. But he didn't, you know, he didn't barge in. He didn't break down any doors, it seemed like. He actually just kind of walked in. So I think this is just a good lesson. Um, and you mentioned this in your question. Just wait. When, when, when stories start to break, I remember seeing a lot of people who are you know, generally conservative going, well, I'm, I'm done with the GOP, and I, I'm done with politics, and this is disgusting, and this is a insurrection. And if we just kind of wait, more of the truth comes out. And I think that's just yeah. a good lesson in general approaching the media. Um, you know, they say, like, journalism is the first draft of history, which is, which is true, but we have to remember to then to keep going back and finishing the paper. We can't that's just right. read the first draft and, and take that as the complete truth. That's right. And I've said on this program before that 
when something happens in society, um, we have about 0.2 seconds to decide what we think about it. And usually all we need to know is what political party the person alleged to have done something wrong is a part of, uh, whether he or she is a, you know, what their gender is, what their race is, all these superficial things that um, that's all we're supposed to know. And to your point, you're right. I mean, I, I like the way that that's said that journalism is the first uh, draft of, of history. And <laughs> candidly, with the stuff I see coming out of the mainstream media, I don't even know that I would consider it. I would consider it the first draft of propaganda, <laughs> propaganda in many cases. Right. But um, to your point, that's what it should be. So, Matt, tell us where folks can get um, your information or read more about what the work that you're doing, your team is doing. Tell folks how they can get uh, their hands on that. Sure. Um, so you can go to thecollegefix.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook, but with everything going on with Big Tech, we'd really encourage you right on our website. You can sign up for our email newsletter. That's probably the best way right now um, to make sure you keep getting our emails. We only send out emails twice a week, so don't worry. We won't spam you. You can obviously just check the website every day. Um, and then on our website, we have contact information for our editors, including myself. So if you have a lead, you see something happening at a university near you, your kid's university, your own university, um, certainly feel free to reach out to us um, with any sort of leads and information, and, and we'd be happy to look into it. Absolutely. And and you're exactly right, folks. Uh, if you're interested in, in what the College Fix does, the newsletter is the best way right now. I say the same thing about us. We've when you're looking at these third-party platforms that want to silence groups that are espousing truth or even conservative principles and values, they are we're, we're in the crosshairs. So, Matt, I appreciate what you do. Keep up the good work, and we look forward to having you back again next month. Yep. Thanks for having me, Todd. Have a great day. You too, brother. Thanks a lot. Okay, so another thing, and first of all, I want to thank Matt Lamb of the College Fix for joining us and sharing, um, just sharing some of his insight as to what's going on in this great nation as it pertains to college campuses and things that affect universities and education in general. The battlefield for control of the, well, ideological message, it extends into media. Well, it's controlled oftentimes by the media. It extends into education. Of course, we have it in the political arena. We have folks who hold office. We have some who tell us their intentions, who tell us that they're basically radical leftists, that they want to rewrite the Constitution. The Constitution is a a living, breathing document that can evolve with the times. Failing to, I guess, understand that when people write down words, that is intended to convey a particular message. But nonetheless, they use that in their judicial activism and so forth. So you've got it in the courts. You've got it in politics. Also, you've got a group of politicians who tell you they're for the Constitution. They're for you, the individual. They're for liberty. They're for low taxes. They're conservatives. And some hold true to that. And problem is many do not. Many get to Washington, D.C. or to the state house and they – I don't know. They get weak. They buckle. Uh, they give in to the lobbyists. They realize, hey, man, this is a pretty good gig. All I got to do is play along here 
and my family set for life. My, I'll be able to be a, you know, elected and reelected hundreds. <laughs> well, not hundreds, but it seems like it sometimes. I've had people in office so long, they don't even, they, they have no other skill set, folks, in this world but to be sophists and professional deceivers. Some of these folks. I'm not saying you have to be. I'm just saying this is often what is the case. So the battle is, is occurring on multiple levels, on, mul- on multiple fronts. Proverbial battle, ideological battle. Don't want anyone out there thinking, oh my goodness, this is another call to arms. Oh my goodness. No, it's a call to metaphorically fight this. I mean, we have to really fight it. We have to fight it on the idea, on, on the battlefield of ideas. And I, have you noticed that one side wants to silence the other side? One side doesn't even want to hear the arguments presented. They don't want to have to even succumb to the notion of having to persuade somebody. This They just want you to believe this because they say so, just like Biden wants you to wear a mask. He doesn't have to because he said so. There you go. Nothing else matters to these folks. Do as I say, not as I do. They don't. They, they think this idea of, of persuading you, that's just, that, that's the, that's not what petty tyrants do, folks. That is, that's what weaklings do. That's not what the elite political class does. They simply dictate and the rest of us say, yes, yes, we will follow blindly. What you say is best for us. You are so wise. You are so principled. You are so sincere and honest. You have our best interest at heart all the time. Meanwhile, we realize that the nation's capital is in utter disarray, and it is absolutely an abomination with what's been going on there. It truly is a swamp, and that's probably that's probably the PG version of what that place really should be should be called but education is a battlefield the the world of the the you know colleges universities and matt lamb and his team help expose that they also with with their training of journalists they also fight the media so i'm pleased to have him on and i just want you to i guess hear him talk about some of the things that you know we touch on from time to time but it's happening it's happening on college campuses and many of you have some of you are students some of you have students uh, as children. Some of you have students, college students as grandchildren. So I just want to keep you abreast and informed on that. Also want to keep us on the timetable here. Quick timeout is in order. Be back in. Be back in just a minute. You know, I was all prepared here uh, because I'd referenced this. And I think what we'll do is I'll have pedals. Pedals later today will post this CNN article um, basically telling us – I referenced this earlier. But hey, the team Biden walks into the White House and there's no COVID plan. They can't find it. They can't find it anywhere. They've looked on the shelves. They've searched the computers. They can't find it. They've talked to the custodial staff. Hey, is there a binder that says COVID response plan? Because we can't seem to find it. Of course, they, they don't see the evidence right before their very eyes, which is there's a vaccine. and There's a thing called Operation Warp Speed, which Trump had talked about for a long time, that histor- historic speed at which a vaccine was delivered. They don't, they don't see that. They, they're looking for a binder and a plan, and now they got to start from scratch. So I... 
I was going to talk about that. We're going to post that uh, on our website and on uh, Facebook or social media later today. But I want to look. I want to encourage maybe more of this. And I, I, I need to get better at this too, if I'm being candid. Um, but I got a question on on Facebook that I want to address here really quickly in the time that I have remaining. And Paul, I want to thank you for asking this question. It says this: Good morning, Todd. Well, good morning, Paul. How is it the liberals can push their agenda and force conservatives to do things against their conscience and their religious beliefs, but yet the liberals can deny doing business with conservatives like Trump based on their ideologies such as the banks that he's being denied service from? I know, for example, Stripe, and I think this has changed now that there's they're not – well, I don't know what the status of all the uh, fundraising operations are, but Stripe – one of the credit card processing companies, at least at one point in time, said they would not allow donations on a Trump website to process or some such thing. And there's other, there's all kinds of stuff, right? Trump's getting attacked from all sides. This is payback, payback politics. And it's a fair question. And Paul, I'll, I'll say this. It's a question that fair-minded Americans should be asking themselves. It is a fair-minded, it's a question fair-minded Americans should be asking themselves. But here's the problem. This is not at all how the left looks at this. It's not – when we're dealing with a complicit media who wants to simply further the leftist agenda, there's no talk of double standard. Now, you and I can watch the news, the media, and we can see what's happening. We can piece it together, and we can say, wow, when this guy was president, the sky was falling. It was bad to talk about – I mean, you know, to cite the Bible, to pray, that was bad. Now, suddenly, we can do that. Now, suddenly, there's peace in Washington, D.C., now suddenly you've seen the way that some of these commentators have talked about life. Uh, people literally during the inauguration said their their blood pressure was dropping. I mean, we were told Trump was going to start World War III, right? Nuclear codes needed to be taken from this guy. He was going to start World War III with North Korea. Uh, he was going to destroy the economy and all these sorts of things. And none of this stuff materialized, none. But there's no... There's no report at the end that says, you know what, we messed up. We missed the boat here. We were really wrong about this. Heck no. They put their nose down, and they just they adjust to whatever circumstances are there. So the way they can get away with it is because we've been – Americans have been lulled to sleep. We've been – we've bought into the notion collectively, not you, Paul, not me, not our listeners, but too many people have bought into the notion – and the other side doesn't care. They don't care about fairness and justice. They care about an ideology. And that's what I mean when, that's, when I say payback politics is here. They're interested in pushing their agenda through and making people pay who oppose it, and there are no consequences in their mind. And I've got to take a break. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. Be back in just a minute. back folks i want to say here i want to say here tomorrow january 23rd freegi is having a consignment auction one of our one of our original advertisers personal friend of mine for all the way back from i think junior high high school time tomorrow consignment auction freegi and freegi auctions you can find out more on their website freegiauctioneers.com freegiauctioneers with an s.com but they're having a consignment auction tomorrow at their location in Clayton. Folks, I've got to go. Have a great weekend. Hang in there. Do not be discouraged. 
We will see you on Monday. SDG.